Welcome back to another episode of UAP Studies. I'm Jason Gilmet, and I'm joined here with uh, Louis. How's it going, Louis? It's going really good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. So far, it's been a good day. Yeah, Sunny every outside. day is a good day. Yeah, every day is a good day. And every, we get to talk about UFOs or UAPs. It's a great day, right? 100%. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so today, I thought we could uh, go over some stuff that's on Twitter, stuff that's sort of uh, trending right now, uh, topics that we haven't uh, really talked about what was going on on Twitter, recent news anyways. Yep. So um, yeah, actually, the first, the first option, or not the first option, the first question uh, that uh, sort of been brought up online is the full four minutes of the Gibble video uh, and to be released. Like some people, you know, obviously, it's probably been shown to Congress. But we don't, we haven't seen it. And uh, it'd be great if they would release that to the public. Is this only a short amount that they've actually released, right? I suppose, depending on the quality, too, like what exactly is in this four minute video. When we had Sean Cahill on the show, he basically said, without giving away too much, that he saw some pretty high definition footage. And, you know, even the guys that were on the USS Princeton and the Nimitz when people in regular civilian clothes later came and took all the footage, they weren't taking grainy, you know, yeah. blurry imagery. They're taking state-of-the-art imagery that's been captured from machines designed to do that. So I, I guess it's an exciting thing that there's going to be more info coming out, but my skeptic mind says, well, what quality and what caliber of this stuff are we actually going to get? And some people, like there's a uh, people from NASA coming out saying, "Hey, I've seen some high resolution pictures of of UFOs," um, and basically they're they're willing to testify before Congress. Okay, so we're talking about um, the images that some people from NASA are saying that they've seen, and that they're willing to testify before Congress. Uh, basically, at, at this point, seventy five years of research into this, there's no way that NASA doesn't know anything sure. about this and sure. you know with the recent news of them saying hey we're now investigating uh, uaps ufos and they're stating they want to use the satellites to sort of help track these things uh, that's interesting that that to me is sort of on the borderline of full disclosure yeah i mean i've always looked at nasa as like the skunk works when it comes to space mm. you know whereas with skunk works is more aviation and like secret jets and stuff like that NASA, to me, has always been a front for a way to funnel black budget money into another company to do that work. So the government isn't actually doing it. It's NASA, but they wouldn't be getting the funding that they've always got unless there was some benefit to the government somehow. So, I mean, they're the the space agency, right? So they've got to have footage. I mean, there's been live feed footage that we've seen that they quickly cut when something appeared. and Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of theories either way that oh, it was just space debris or, you know, it was an actual UAP. We don't know. Right. But I think NASA, it's like the Air Force. If the Navy comes out and says as much as they have and they're yeah, they're air and water, but the Air Force is only air. So who better than to know about this type of phenomenon than them? And as you said before, it's kind of suspicious that they're not talking. Same thing goes for NASA. You're just now admitting that you're going to look at this stuff. So you never looked at this stuff before. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. People I... in space for crying out loud. There's no way that they didn't look into this. Right. Like, yeah, uh, there's videos even of stuff like you mentioned, approaching and then going away. You can't yeah. do that in space unless you have some sort of technology to move the object. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. the object would go in just a straight path. These things tend to move. 
And they, they know the orbits of everything, even all the space junk, you know, the thousands and thousands of pieces of random shit just floating around in space. They still know where it is, because if you're going to launch James Webb through that and, you know, a little bolt that fell off 20 years ago, that's now going 85,000 miles an hour. That's way faster than a bullet, right? It'll yeah. go right through anything that you launch there. So they have everything cataloged that's already out there. So they know when they can go, when they can't go. So there should be no surprises. And clearly they're not expecting any when they have a live feed and something just comes out of nowhere. That's suspicious in itself that they're not like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should see that booster any minute now. Oh, there it is. Right. It, yeah. So it, it, how do you you can't acknowledge it. But the fact that you didn't know it was there and predict it was there means it's not something that you previously had cataloged or expected. Right. Even um the moon being such close proximity to us and a lot of people saying they they believe that the moon is either hollow or has some sort of life forms on the inside or maybe on the backside of the moon what are your thoughts on that i think it's super interesting uh, i saw a video a couple of years ago of a guy who was like a remote viewer i don't know in the cold war era and they would just wanted to really test this out and they would give him coordinates and he would tell them what he would see and at one point they somehow gave him coordinates for the moon and he was describing like bases and this and that and all these like super large buildings. And then when they finally told him where it was, he was super surprised and like scared. And even the guy conducting the interview goes, yeah, like pretty crazy, eh? You know, like, like we don't know what the hell to make of it either sort of thing. So again, that's one testimony. Who knows if it's true or not? You can't really, you know, you can only corroborate this stuff so much. And, right. uh, and sometimes we even get comments from people that say, you know, why didn't you push harder? You were interviewing Kathleen Martin about being abducted. You know, why didn't you get her to like, where's the evidence? Well, one, we don't want to piss anybody off. We're not going to just jump down somebody's throat. If they want to say that on the record, that's their testimonial. Hey, man, draw your own conclusion. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're 100 percent on board or off board. We just bring it to the table. Right. But yeah. and um, it's not it's not our style. Like we don't do that. We don't drill. Our yeah. guests, like, you know, we, we welcome on the show. We're Canadian, too, so, you know, we're very welcoming. And we, you know, really appreciate the fact that, you know, people are willing to give us their time. If we yeah. started grilling people like some other podcasts, it, you know, we, we wouldn't be any different. And, um, and think about it. Everybody always says there's two things you should never talk about, even with your best friends. It's politics and religion. Everything we discuss dips into both of those categories, right? You know, self-awareness, what you believe, creation, all that. It, it's all loaded with religious connotations. Believers and non-believers alike still have an opinion on that. And everything political wise, are you a conspiracy theorist or not? Do you believe the government knows more than they're telling you? Are they really out to get you or not? So, right. it, you know, we're we're in a topic that deals with the two biggest taboo subjects you're not supposed to discuss. And that's all we talk about. And the reason we don't hammer on anybody too much is because everybody literally has an opinion. We've had guests on our show that have varying opinions on very popular things, you know, like Bob Lazar. We've had guests on Kevin Randall's like, yeah, I'm not big on Bob Lazar. And you have George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell and everybody else. And of course, they're all for Bob Lazar. And even our, our comments online and on YouTube, they're on both sides. Yeah. People say, you know, I love your show, but I very adamantly disagree with you in terms of Bob Lazar. You know, you can't back up his uh, his uh, education. And there was a lot of credentials that were made up. And you know, what my comment to that is, is, you know, maybe he embellished a little 
but it, it, he knows a lot of shit. There's no way he would know otherwise. Right. And again, that's just my opinion. Yeah. It's two cents. And that's all it's worth is two cents. Right. Yeah. But, um, but even things like the threat narrative, we've had op- opposing opinions, um, the abduction theory. Some people really believe some people think it's a load of, of garbage. Right. Uh, even the way that, you know, we may all believe in aliens, but do we believe that they're just interstellar traveling planet to here, you know, and, and flying a craft and a machine of some sort, or are they interdimensional just appearing and disappearing? Right. And there's not even really, you know, any agreement on that either. So it's a super difficult topic. And I think it's very dangerous to form too rigid of an opinion because you don't know, we don't know the people on the show with 40 years experience. They don't friggin' know either. They just know more and are, you know, have way more um, data in their little bank of what they've researched, but nobody knows. So, so don't be too rigid in your thoughts and don't hammer people online and call them idiots and this and that. Don't be a troll on Twitter. You know, it's making the subject uh, have a bad taste. You know, and you can attest to that, Jay. You run our Twitter account and we don't get into it with people, but man, you guys like to get into it with each other a lot. <clears throat> Absolutely. Actually, it's it's almost comical, but very vicious attacks. Uh Lou Lou Elizondo actually removed himself from Twitter um a while back, and you know, we're really missing him, but I think it was um Oh my God, I forgot the name, but uh, somebody mentioned about just Lou being the person that, uh, you know, we wanted for a long time to come out from the government saying, hey, I ran this program, you uh, APs are actually real, uh, there might be actually an intelligence behind this that's not human. I mean, he's been trying to drop all this stuff for so long without breaking his uh, NDA, right? Yeah. So after that you got people that just turn around and start biting at him. Like they're just, they're upset because he, you know, they think he's a phony or actually, you know, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Uh, you're a disinformation agent. He had to remove himself from Twitter because he was getting into fights all the time with these idiots. Right. And you tend not to want to reply to people like that, but sometimes they just get under your skin and it's no different in this field. I, I guess you get that more now than you did back in the past. I don't think people used to write letters to ufologists with, you know, dear Nick Pope, I don't like you. Like, I don't think that that happened. Right. Um, By the way, we like Nick Pope. We're not saying we don't like Nick Pope. Yeah. I mean, we've had people on our show that completely can't stand him and go out of their way to just slander him essentially. Right. And maybe they have their own reasons and who knows, right. Everybody's, everybody's friends with somebody that somebody else can't stand. You know, so it's uh, it's difficult to, to take sides. But here's my advice. If you're scrolling through Facebook or Twitter, if you see something you like, like it, comment on it, give that feedback. If you see something you disagree with, keep going. Yeah. Don't take time to be an idiot to tell somebody else how much of an idiot they are. You know, you're just stooping to their own level. If somebody's completely out to lunch, just keep going. Don't even waste your own time and energy on something that's total nonsense. You know how much total nonsense we have to filter and how many stupid emails we get from people. And even on Facebook Messenger, they they usually start off with a paragraph that's that long (laughs) with no spaces and no, no like periods or nothing. So, and sometimes it's legitimate information, but there's not too many guests you've heard us bring on the show and say, hey, this is Jim. He messaged us on Facebook and we wanted to chat with him. Like, we only want to bring you people that are vetted, 
and uh, you know, know a lot more about this than us. We appreciate people sharing their story and their experience because that just helps us in terms of our own knowledge and what's possible and what's not. But but my advice is if you like it, say something good. If you don't like it, just keep going. Don't be one of those guys. Like, let's clean this up a little bit so it's not such a laughing stock. Right. And if you disagree with somebody, even like, you know, because right now it's like pretty big ufologists and podcasters that are attacking each other. And I find that funny because there there's, should be united in, yeah. you know, hey, let's connect together and discover what this is all about. But no, they're all like, no, this guy's an idiot. Well, yeah, screw you. It's like, dude. It's like watching a family fight, right? It's really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it sucks. And you're right. Don't leave nasty comments. So try to avoid that as much as possible. Think It gives what- people that are skeptics, it gives them fuel, right? They yeah. look at the topic and they're like, look, this is what it's comprised of. A bunch of people who think they're experts just putting each other down. That doesn't actually help any of us get any further ahead. Absolutely you know? not. Yeah. It's the lack of cooperation with the government and people and everything else. Why we're not already more advanced than we are. Yeah. We're too busy focused on military and putting things down and sort of, you know, slanting the narrative to the way we want it. Rather than collectively working together, we could actually accomplish a lot of stuff, right? Right. Which, if you look at the past, like even the military uh, in the States, you know, Project Blue Book and stuff like that, they were always very limited. You know, they would go on the field if there was uh, an investigation to be done, but they weren't a huge group. There was, you know, then the collaboration of, of organizations like MUFON. Well, it's still an organization that, you know, sharing the information, but there's all these compartmentalized yeah. areas and stuff. And that happens even within the government today. Now, you keep having these new groups that are coming out. These uh, The new one is the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which is quite crazy actually um not what crazy is that one uh well basically i've heard it's aro or something right yeah i think it's ro is how you pronounce it because it's got like two a's r and an o so ro i think A-A-R-O. um but yeah on facebook they ended up saying uh we will provide updates and information relative to our examination of unidentified anomalous phenomenon across space air and maritime domains Unidentified anomalous phenomena. That's UAP with a different A. So right. I so how many times do we need to saying, change it? You're talking anomalous in terms of when you say maritime, like water now. Yeah. Because UAP would be unidentified aerial phenomenon, meaning well, I guess it makes sense. We went from UFO flying object, because if you see an orb, it may not be a flying object. It's not right. necessarily nuts and bolts. So I guess it made sense to go from UFO to UAP. It kind of makes sense. What is it? Unidentified anomalous? Yeah, it's unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Now, I I think the reason why they changed it is because it goes into across space, air, and maritime domains. So basically, they're confirming that these things are in the space. They come in through, you know, they can fly through our air. USOs. Yeah, exactly. So I think we don't have to change our podcast you know name UAP studies. studies. Exactly. It still applies. So we're good. but yeah, no, I thought that was interesting because they do mention the fact that uh, maritime domains, so they're acknowledging that these things go underneath the water. Um, I love the name domains because I I think they're underneath the ocean somewhere. You know, you got to have a base of operation somewhere. Like if it's not behind the moon, it's got to be somewhere where we can't go. So why do you think that they wouldn't just be out in plain view, though? This is another thing. Like if they're so much more advanced, 
why are they worried or why do they have to hide from us? Like, wouldn't this be their domain since they're way more advanced? Yeah. You know what? There's some stories of, of them not giving a crap and like appearing to people and just, uh, there was that priest uh, in the, uh, I think, Ecuador or something. I'm going to get this wrong. Some people are going to get mad. Uh, but he witnessed a UFO, and there were some people on top of the UFO. Just He could tell they were, like, about our height. Um, and he waved at them. They waved back. He was amazed. Um, so yeah, it, it, I would it, be too. Yeah, he was. He was like, <laughs> "What?" The, and he's a priest, right? Uh, yeah. So his his mind was was blown. Uh, there's that other incident where um, a craft landed in some guy's yard, and when the door opened, the entity was basically given the gesture of "I need something to drink" and gave him a cup, and the guy went and got him some water. Like, yeah, they needed a cup. And then of the water thing gave some him reason. some wafer pancakes. Or yeah, something. gave him four of them. Yeah, give yeah. them four wafers, which were like rubbery. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were basically unedible. Uh, even there was uh, a gentleman who was, I think this took place in Europe, but uh, was basically on, on horse and cart, and he ended up picking up two little entities, and they ended up sitting in the back of the cart and gave him directions to where to go for their vessel, where it was. So there's just like these weird incidences where they just appear, they don't care, right? Uh, in broad daylight, it doesn't matter like even in zimbabwe um you know the yeah. aerial school phenomenon yeah they just appear sometimes and don't care right they just don't give a shit they're just like hey we're here this is the message and then they take off and we're all like the thing i don't get is a lot of people were like oh i saw them they were in a broken down ship and then before not too long yeah they're back in the ship and they're gone how badly broken down were these ships that it takes them five seconds to fix? Like, yeah. I don't think they break down. The ones that break down explode or crash and the government has them or whatever, or they haven't been recovered. But and if I don't that think level of technology, them, yeah. People sometimes are like, oh, it looked like one was having a hard time or it was struggling or maybe just because the look or the sound of it isn't what you're accustomed to. It might sound like it's having a hard time. And yeah. I, I don't see these things crashing. They didn't make it all the way from their star system to here, and they're going to get a flat tire, quote unquote, you know, or so to speak. I, I don't see that. It's like they're not going to make it 99 point. Maybe. I mean, technology does fail. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's possible for sure. If they if it's made by something that's imperfect, there's going to be a flaw at some point. Right. Metal they stress. Just let the new guy take a wheel. Yeah. You know, yep. Just go ahead. Give it a shot. They let Daryl take the keys and this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. Or some 16 year old alien that's learning how to drive for the first time. Right. Yeah. That's funny. They told uh, him don't go any further than Venus. And here he is crashing in Roswell. <laughs> what an idiot. What an idiot. This is the last time I let you drive. <laughs> oh, great. Here comes the cavalry. Um, yeah, no, uh, the, the other thing that's trending on uh, Twitter as well is the scientists uh, taking this absolutely uh, seriously and taking it with the severity and attention that it deserves. And you got guys like Dr. Gary Nolan, Avi Loeb, Kevin Knuth, Richard Hoffman, Michio Kaku, uh, guys like that sort of coming out now saying, hey, there's actually something to this phenomenon. Uh, it's well worth looking into and let's take it seriously. Let's not make fun of this and let's talk about it openly. And it seems to be yeah, prominent now within the scientific community. Yeah. I heard a quote from Michio Kaku the other day where he said, in terms of like fundamental understanding of time travel, like our brains have wrapped around it. We right. get it now. We understand it. The only roadblock is the actual engineering. 
making machinery or devices that somehow can aid in this process. But in terms of like understanding it, knowing it's possible, and that's travel forward, backward. It's no more crazy to say you can go back in time as it is to think you can go forward in time on right. paper anyway. So uh, yeah, his, his comments are that it's just a matter of technology that needs to catch up. Maybe there's already that level of technology somewhere on a covert level that we don't know about. I'm sure they've spent money on trying to figure that out for many years. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. No. Well, when you hear stories like Bob Lazar and you hear that, he, you know, he saw nine of them in a row and they all had different shapes and stuff like that. It's not just figuring out the machinery, how, how it works, but the material itself, like uh, even the Roswell crash, talking about this tinfoil and um, this tinsel looking stuff, which turned out to be fiber optics. Yeah. And you got all this stuff that, you know, we now have some aspects of it. Look, we do have fiber optics, but some of the material that the, the craft is actually made of is very, very light and they can't figure out how the hell they did this. It had to be manufactured somehow. We can't figure that out. Yeah. So and I even think- people who have claimed to have, crash debris if if anyone ever has such a thing but the ones who have provided samples and that have been tested and i think linda moulton howe had some samples sent to her and uh, another guy who metal detects in that area where everyone believes the crash site to be they they there has been some data and when they look at the multiple layers of how the metal seem to be almost like wafered one on top of the other yeah. and the complexity of the alloy, like there are eight or 12 different compounds all mixed together. Like most alloys on our planet are two or three. Some of the most complex are like six, maybe seven, but right. like you wouldn't really need the seventh kind of thing. So to have 12 or 13 or 14 different types of metal all interlayered, almost like they were laser surface, right? Just the thinnest, you know, it would be a fraction of a hair's thickness. And within that, you get that crazy lightness and really good strength, right? So it's almost like carbon fiber. If it was just one strand, it's not that strong. It's because it's like like a pie cut. It's interwoven. It's like these tiles behind me. One goes left, one goes right, back and forth, back and forth. That's what gives it that strength. So not only the type of materials they used and some of those metals, like it would be aluminum, but it would be like 99.999% pure and a different isotope that doesn't even exist from earth. So that's difficult to explain in itself. And then when you compare that with how it was made, the, the texturing, the layering, and the number of metals that they had to figure out in the right ratio, like who the hell would do all that stuff? Not even the military does that for, you know, top secret projects. No. And, you know, um, some of the, the people that have been inside some of these crafts, like we're talking Bob Lazar, we're saying that nothing touches anything. There's no rivets anywhere. There's no, um, you know, basically it's like uh, 3d printing, on the inside of the One ship, piece. everything, yeah, everything melds into each other. The table melds into the floor, floor into the walls. Um, you know, when people are saying they're having a hard time describing it back in the 60s and 70s, or just saying, yeah, I can't see any any cracks, right? Uh, these, these crafts probably operate in a certain way that you need to have everything unified, you know, for it to work, right? Or there's some sort of practicality to having that, but it makes sense, Uh and then there's the basketball that, uh, or bas- he called it the basketball. This is Bob Lazar, of course. Uh, he said you would place that on this sort of 
pedestal of some sort, and that's what would activate the ship. And that's what he was sort of trying to figure out with the other scientists was how the hell does this thing work? Where does yeah. the energy come from? And he's saying it, it produced absolutely no energy waste whatsoever. It was like pure energy. We can't figure that out. That's not something that we're able to do. So when people say, I don't think these crafts are ours, well, they're right because we don't have that technology. China doesn't have the technology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then you look yeah. how they behave. That makes it even more clear that we definitely don't have anything that goes 8,000, 20,000, 80,000 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, like Caroline Corey was on our show talking about her her movie, A Tear in the Sky, and they caught raining Tic Tacs, just like the Tic Tac video, and they go from suborbital height down to like one foot over the ocean in a fraction of a second. I don't even know how many G's that would be. So yeah, strength and uniformity of craft, if it is a craft, would definitely be important. But even if it was built that strong, how does the inhabitant not liquefy with that kind of, you know what it's like if you slam the brakes at, you know, 80 miles an hour, can you imagine at 80,000, it would just liquefy you, right? So there's got to be some type of a bubble that these things are are creating. And that would explain why it doesn't matter if it's air, water, atmosphere, minus 400 or plus 600 doesn't really seem to matter. You know, right. so it's, uh, it's very, very advanced and who knows if we'll ever even get there. Like if these civilizations have many hundreds of years of a head start or thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years, we're never going to get there. You know, right. And there's also like, I, I'm looking into the possibility of hybrids and all that. And somebody brought up the good point that maybe we're the hybrids, right? So the whole experiment, like, why are they here? Maybe we're the hybrids. We're the ones that they sort of made. Who knows what the purpose is? Like, we have to look at that possibility as well, because we always talk about creation, but there's some aspects of, of human evolution that we don't quite understand still. Um, and I think, yeah, there might have been some genetic tampering there. At least that's my personal beliefs. Um, but some people are also claiming that they're seeing hybrids of human and greys also on some of these abduction cases. And to me, I'm like, well, is that really a hybrid? Like, maybe they're more closer to the, you know, maybe we're the the hybrid. Like, that's the reason of the cloning. And uh that's been something that I've been interested in because when you hear women, especially like we had um, uh, Kathleen Martin on and there's a, a productive part in their lives where they're being taken uh, impregnated. And then three months later, the baby's taken out or there's always some sort of uh, sexual um, experience that takes place on board where some, you know, some sort of creation is made. They take the baby at three months, uh, woman wakes up that has no memory of what took place and all of a sudden she's not pregnant anymore uh, that takes place and i'm i'm a strong believer in the abduction phenomenon so obviously it's not a far stretch for me to believe in uaps or that the crafts are from somewhere else because you know people that have been inside these crafts have given details that it's either they have a wild imagination or that they're getting it from somewhere else but yeah i'm a strong believer in that and if it was just a strong imagination, it would vary quite a bit from case to case. Yeah. There's so many commonalities and so many similarities that, you know, not all these people are colluding with each other. They're, a guy in Chile is not talking to a guy in Oklahoma about that experience, right? right. And times are, ma you know, they're like 
call it a hundred year spread on some of these cases. And, you know, it's just too coincidental that they're that similar. Right. But, but here's the thing too, like back to what we were saying earlier about people making comments and things and like, where's the evidence? Where's anybody's evidence? Mm -hmm. Anybody we've spoken to ever, anyone who's made a statement or a comment or said this, nobody has any evidence who has physical evidence of aliens and UFOs. Nobody. We don't even know if the government does. We think they do. But to date, nobody has any proof of anything. So to say, well, yeah, I think that guy's credible and that guy's full of shit because he has proof and he doesn't. Who's proof? And what kind of proof are you talking about? Nobody has proof. Like, don't get too big. This tiny little bit of metal that I found in Roswell. Nobody has anything. We wanted so desperately to be able to say, no, my... My belief of what is real is so different from what you think is real. And I, you're an idiot if you think that. How You know, there's no way that's possible. Like, what are you believing, you know? Like, don't get so caught up in that minutia, you know? And uh, I think, like, but even you know, like, no. having an experience, like, that, you know, having seen a craft fairly close and you haven't had an experience as well, uh, yeah. to me, it opens up my mind that, you know, somebody tells me about their story, I almost want to believe it right away, right? I'm more prone to believe in it because I've had an experience and I want people to believe me. So that's my problem is sometimes I fall for these fake cases where it's not actually true. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm all excited, right? Because I think that it's a, it's a new thing. It gets scammed all the time. Uh, I don't know if that's the same for you, but I tend to go that way. Like I believe people almost right away. Well, I think it's our nature too. We have an open mind. We want to encourage people to talk. So by nature, we're going to be like, okay, I'm not saying I believe everybody. I don't believe or disbelieve. It's more of a, wow, that was really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Like I just put it in my bank of all the other useless shit that's in there and (laughs) it'll have some rank somewhere. But, you know, and because everybody thinks differently as well and everybody remembers differently. And as people were poor observers and uh, if, you know, four people witness a car accident and you interview them all separately, they're all going to have a slightly different accident and or, or a slightly different uh, story. Sure, yeah. And it's only been a few minutes since the accident. It's not like years have passed and now they're rehashing it. So uh, and, and that kind of brings me to something I wanted to bring up, which is this Mandela effect. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. So the Mandela effect is kind of the belief that some people believe that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 80s and other people believe that he died in 2013. Right. And depending who you ask, they will swear up and down one way or the other. Right. And actually, I have a couple funny examples of this. So you you remember the Berenstein Bears? Yeah. So Berenstein, how do you spell the Steen? S T. E-I-N? Steen? That's what most people think. It was actually Berenstain Bears. S-T-A-I-N. Stain? Yeah, Berenstain. They were pronounced Berenstain Bears, but it was S-T-A-I-N. Oh, okay. You could look this up. My mind was like, no, this is bullshit. I looked it up. Apparently, it's true. Here's another one. Looney Tunes or Looney Tunes. How do they spell the word tunes? T-O-O-N-S. Incorrect. It was actually tunes like music. T-U-N-E-S. But okay. everybody thinks it's Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S. Well, it's cartoons, Myself included. right? Yeah, it's cartoons, Looney Tunes. 
apparently we're all screwed up. So this is the Mandela effect. What you think you believe is not always what you believe. Even if it's so widely understood, this thing still exists. Uh, okay, so Oscar Meyer. How do you spell the Meyer? Uh, M E. Y E R S, well, not S, but Meyer. Yeah, that's it. Was actually Oscar Mayer, M A Y O R, like John Mayer, like John Mayer. So, even everyone who thinks it's Meyer, myself included, I couldn't believe every one of these. I'm like, that's impossible. It's Oscar Mayer. Uh, Fruit Loops or Fruit Loops, how do they spell the fruit? Is it normal or spelled funny? Well, I would assume that they spelled it normal. Yeah, everybody thinks it's F-R-U-I-T and then L-O-O-P-S. Right. It's actually F-R-O-O-T. F-R-O-O-T. Fruit Loops. So unlike the Looney Tunes, this one really is with the double O. Fruit does have the tunes. It's F-R-O-O-T Loops. Up. So just dumb shit like this. Now, again, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? People think this is CERN-related or that they've somehow reset our reality and they're replaying old info. I saw a video the other day of somebody that was on the live feed for CERN and they zoomed in on the date on one of the monitors and it was from the last time CERN was up and running. Right. They were actually replaying old footage as supposedly the live current feed. So there's a lot of theory about what the hell's actually going on. People are saying it's having an effect electromagnetically, they're getting headaches. There's uh, so many reports of CERN-related things or, yeah. you know, somehow this is uh, a cover for something way more dangerous and covert. And I don't know. What do you think? Have you heard anything to that effect? No, but I would, I would think that if you're messing with technology like that, we don't know the science or, or what the physical effects are going to be on the human body, especially when you're doing stuff like that. It seems harmless, but... I mean, that's there's a lot of magnets that are taking place there that they're thrown, you know, was it Current, electrons yeah. or something like that? Like yeah. at, at tremendous speed, almost the speed of light. Uh, there's got to be some sort of effects, physical effects that would, you know, over time develop for these people. And uh, who knows if it's reversible or if it's permanent, right? I can We've, see it affecting animals like migration patterns, birds, animals that are really in tune with the very subtle frequency. Yeah. Now, you know, instead of listening to classical music, you got ACDC on full blast. Those animals may not be able to pick up that frequency that they're in tune with. Right. So I could see it having an effect on that stuff like that. Or people that are sort of uh, more sensitive to electromagnetic fluctuation. Right. Not more than others. I think those people could definitely uh, have some effect to it. So I always thought about uh, Mars. He sent people to Mars and there's no moon. The moon really does help us with, you know, uh, hunger and sleep patterns and Tides a bunch of different and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we often joke about how, like, on full moons, people actually act crazy. There's almost like a palpable, you know, thing that happens with people in full moons. And uh, I always thought, you know, you send people to Mars, there's no moon. Would there be such a thing as moon sickness? Like, Well, know, the word what? lunatic comes from moon sickness. Right. It's Latin for somebody who's been driven mad because of the moon right you know so there's uh this goes back into folklore and maybe there's some truth behind it and that's what's kept it around for so long who knows right no who knows that's another uh that's another thing anyways it's a side side thought that i had the other day i thought it was uh yeah for but sure. with, the, with the cern thing um 
who knows? I think that playing with around with magnets, you're you're mentioning the animals. I think it would equally affect humans. Uh, you know, it plays with with our brains. Like there's you know calibration, not calibration, but uh, uh, you know we have iron in our blood and stuff like that. So playing around yeah. with big magnets, is, you're bound to get something that you know it's going to happen. And Earth is an iron core for the most part, right? Iron is one of the most important elements on the planet. Right. You know, next to like nitrogen, oxygen. Uh, you know, hydrogen, that type of stuff, carbon, um, you know, we're a big percentage iron for sure. I'm su- I'm surprised you don't hear much uh, UAP reports over CERN, like that whole area. Do you think there'd be some sort of uh, I think it's a controlled airspace as it is. So it yeah. basically falls under military or government jurisdiction. You don't hear too many uh, UFO reports over the White House either, right? No, that's true. That's true. So- if there was, you still wouldn't hear too many reports over the White House. <laughs> Another thing that's been uh, circulating on on in the news as of late is the crop circles being embedded with codes, and that people are saying they're starting to decipher I've the codes that, and yeah. stuff like that. There, um, there was one I think in the '90s or maybe the mid 2000s, and they they took it and they somehow uploaded it into like you know, ones and zeros. Right. And uh, they were able to get some kind of a message out of it right now. Who knows? I mean, you can make a a legend for any cipher you want to make that cipher read the message you want. Right. right? That symbol equals a J or that symbol equals an S. You're going to write a different story depending on what letter you assign to that symbol. So there's a lot of of stuff that you got to be objective about. And but yeah, I mean, uh, there was one years ago too. It was like half an alien face, and it had like a genetic, almost like a helical thing on the other yeah. side. Like that's the one I keep seeing on Twitter. Or I think there was they sent a message, and then they got one as a response. I think there was more to it. It wasn't just some random thing. I think it was one of two, and then two of two, or somebody made an artificial crop circle trying to communicate, right. and then they came with their own response. And it was a slightly different answer. Like the letters had been rearranged and stuff like that. So who knows? I mean, there have been guys that have claimed that they forged crop circles. They were very good at it. They made many of them. They made them fast. But then there's people that have said that they've seen the the layers of grass like thatched and interlaced into one another and also laid in a spiral like it just layer on layer on layer. It was like it was stitched together. Yeah. And when you look at the breadth of the stupid design and how mathematically complicated and how to do that in a short amount of time without being seen, I don't know. I think some are real for sure. And I think some are fake, but I definitely think there have been some real ones. Yeah. And they're not broken. They're all um, sort of at an angle as if they've been heated and then just plied back. Yeah. And That's they're it. not broken stems at all. Like yeah. if it was a board with rope, like I've seen some people do that, but they always do it in wheat, right? Uh, corn is a lot more work. That's what's impressive is when it's. And I think it has field. to do with the damage factor too, because I've the the stories I've read. The only time the farmers plowed the field was to keep people from coming. Right. They were getting so much attention, they didn't want people to know that it was their farm. So they just plowed the bloody wheat and be, you know were finished with it. Right. It wasn't because it destroyed their crops. So if they did it in corn, they know that it would devastate somebody's livelihood. It was almost like that's the more polite place to leave it because it'll be fine. Yeah. We're not going to hurt your fields, right? Maybe uh, cut a little bit in your profits because you won't be able to use the grain that we plied over. But that's fine. That's okay. I think at some point it comes back, though. 
there have been ones that were just left to their own devices. And after a couple of days or weeks or whatever, you would never know that even happened. Yeah. They were just literally laid down and folded together. And then, I mean, look at any plants. I, I step on a weed in my driveway and that thing's half dead growing back to the sun three days later. You know, it's like yeah. nature's way of keeping itself alive. So, no, uh, you know what? We live in a, a beautiful valley that has a lot of farms and a lot of uh, corn farms as well, right? A lot of yeah. cornfields. So I always hope that there's going to be one of these crop circles that's going to pop up in our neighborhood. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, wishful wishing, uh, no, wishful wishing. Wow. Nice English, Jason. Uh, but uh, no, it's just a wish that I have uh, the same with the cattle mutilation. I don't think that's ever going to happen, <laughs> but you know, one may, uh, one may wish if you will. Yeah. Uh, Robert Zalas no longer is investigating, uh, not investigating, but is no longer doing interviews, going to UFO conferences or doing any more podcasts. And we were halfway into speaking with him to getting him on our show. I had already messaged him a few months ago and uh, he had told me that he was going to do some speaking at the Roswell anniversary conference. And then right after that conference, he released that he's no longer doing shows, podcasts, and I guess I understand that. I mean, he's told the same story 700 times yeah. to his point. He's like, listen, I've written books. I have YouTube videos. Type my name in any search engine. You're going to get my story. His story is literally only that story. He was asleep. He was woken up. Something shut down the nuclear silos. And uh, it, it's not like a 40-year career of multiple things. Right. It was one incident. So you can only carry that on so long. And after a while, you get to... Uh, you kind of get sick of the sound of your own voice. Right. So yeah. I, I think give him a lot of credit and a lot of respect to him. He was uh, definitely a help towards this movement. I think he was super credible and uh, he did uh, say that he was considering it. I guess he was considering also retiring at the same time. So we still have a lot of respect for Robert's house. Oh, for sure. And at some point people have got to retire. Right. Um, I think even Paul Hellyer, Retired yeah. a bit right before he passed away, but I mean, even in his 80s, he was still very adamant that uh, we were being visited by UFOs, that there was some sort of uh, collective of them, um, which, you know, at first I dismissed, but after hearing that general in Israel that ran the space program for 30 years say that yeah. there's kind of like a federation of them. Yeah, Hayam well, Isham. I, it's amazing I always that you remember the, the name, uh, you never do. I never do. I'm horrible with names, as you know. So, uh, no, I won't. But to be honest, I didn't know the first time. You brought it up like six months ago. Right. I was like, how did neither one of us know the name of this guy? We got to be better than that. So I researched it. And then you brought it up a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm Misham. I've been waiting for this opportunity. (laughs) I got it right here. Well, you knocked knocked it out of the park. But uh, yeah, no, he when he said that, I I think it gave Paul Hellier uh, some credit to what he was saying. Um, and for those of you that don't know who Paul Hellyer is, he was a, uh, Canadian, he was a, a Canadian defense minister, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this was back in the seventies or eighties, but basically he retired and then gave a lot of his time to, uh, ufology and studying what was going on, had a lot of inside information, American friends and, uh, deep state and all He was that. at that national uh, press club in uh, Washington that Stephen Greer put together. He was one of the speakers. That's true. Um, it's sad when you lose these, at uh, these ambassadors, you know, you want to chat with these guys and then yeah. it's, no. uh, it's like Bob Lazar. People are like, you should get Bob Lazar on your show. Gee, we haven't thought of that before. Yeah. 
Not like Lazard we haven't tried. Has basically gotten kicked in the teeth by coming out since the day it happened. Yeah. He was on Joe Rogan. He doesn't want, like, don't go to his house. Don't bother him. Don't message him. You know, we are friends with George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. They are the official ambassadors of Bob Lazar. It just like he wants to be left alone. Just leave him alone. Right. Yeah. We're not. It will probably never happen. Yes, we would like to have Bob Lazar on the show. If we thought there was a chance that we could book him, maybe there still is. Who knows? But as per his own request, we are we're humbly leaving him alone. Which which is good. I mean, we're not going to pester people. I've done my fair share of, of reaching out to people and then being persistent. And, uh, you know, if they don't reply back, they don't reply back. There's nothing you can do about that. But. And some of these people, and I don't want to name names. I mean, I really do want to name names because some people in this field are really, you know, they, they really got it coming. But some of these people are just out to make money. We'll reach yeah. out to somebody. We're a big fan of your work. We want you to come on the show. You know, we're not doing this for money ourselves. Like, and they're like, well, you know, due to my agent contract, I need to charge a thousand dollars for an hour. Like, what are you, a neurosurgeon? Like, and you don't understand how followings work. You get yeah. thousands of people that listen. You come on the show, talk about your book. You're going to sell a lot more than the stupid Peasley fee that you're trying to charge. You know, it's like that was not a light fee. That was a very heavy fee. A thousand dollars. We've even had guys that are like, "Yeah, I need two hundred and fifty bucks to do it." Like, man, you must be hurting for rent or some shit. You know, like George Knapp comes on our show, and we don't pay him, and he doesn't pay us to promote him either. He's just he. That's what he does. He knows that that's how you get people to uh, to discover you and buy your products, you got to go talk about it, right? If you go on The Tonight Show, you're not getting paid, but you're talking about your new movie, and that's how you promote it, right? right. Caroline Corey comes out with a new movie. She comes on our show. We talk about the phenomenon. We didn't just promote the movie the whole bloody time. Like, some people like it. Some people don't like it. Okay, go see the movie. Make your own decision <laughs> like anything else, right? So yeah. it doesn't mean you can't discuss what was in it. It doesn't need to be an overwhelming promotion for those people. We don't we don't ring anybody's bell. We'll tell you who they are. You check out their own stuff. Yeah. Buy it if you want. Don't buy it if you want. Makes no difference to us. Well, the the important thing is also hearing from everybody. And you know, I there's some people in this field, few people I've had on the podcast. I'm not gonna name, but you know, that I didn't really see eye to eye with not personal level, just on their um, yeah. ideas and stuff. Right. But I'm still open to it. And that's the thing with, with especially this podcast is trying to teach that be open to, you know, all possibilities. Cause this might be something that we have to look at different vantage points. Yeah. And at that point, you know, maybe it'll make sense, but you'll have people that, it, you know, are experts in, um, you know, flight and technology. You'll have people that are experts in uh, underwater, you know, you, you know, UFOs. Well, not UFOs, but USOs, I guess is what they're called. Um, and that all needs to come together. And this is really the, the point, too, when we started the podcast was to think, okay, how do we learn, right? Like, how do we, well, let's ask the, ask the experts, right? Yeah. And, um, that's coming through in a big way because I think the audience are also responding to that because they're learning as we're learning. And every guest that comes on teaches us something. I'm always amazed about like how I didn't know that detail or I didn't know that story. Right. And this is good. It's like a collective of thoughts, ideas. And I think a lot more people should be doing that. And yeah. And there's only so much evidence anybody can provide. 
This is people making statements. They're worth what they're worth, right? right? Like nobody can say this happened and I have proof and here it is. Cause even if they had proof, if it was metal, you would say it was bullshit. Yeah. If it was a picture, you would say it was fake. If it was a video, you'd say it was doctored. If it's testimony from a military guy, he's a government plant. If it's Lou Elizondo, the savior everybody wanted, you're still going to shit on him. So yeah. that's the human condition. So let's not be unaware of that. Let's remind ourselves of really that it's our nature and our tendency to want to do that because it may not coincide with what we already have in our mind. Yeah. You know, and uh, somebody commented on one of our YouTube videos and said, you know, when you say don't be a sheep, do your own research, you're basically telling people to just make their own opinion because everybody's opinion is different and it's different for different reasons. It might be your upbringing, you're, you were indoctrinated, you might be a heavy religious believer, you might not be. So when you do your own research, effectively, you're creating that opinion that is unique to only you. It is the sum of everything you've put in your brain. What do you think? You know, so yeah, everybody's opinion will be different. It has to be that way. So just remember that that's all it is. And some people are, are quite a bit out there, we like to call it, but that's just their opinion. Yeah. And maybe the, the stuff they're talking about that we think is really out there. Imagine if it actually happened. Like, holy shit, that's incredible, right? So maybe they're not crazy. Uh, maybe it's just crazier than we think it has the potential of being. Well, the reality of it, even we're talking about, uh, you know, are they um, interstellar or are they interdimensional uh, entities? Yeah. And I always say, well, the scariest scenario would be that they're both. Uh, yes. that you got some that comes from somewhere else uh, and some that comes from a different uh, universe or different reality. That's a possibility as well. We have to look at, right? So um no, this uh, this field still, you know, two years in studying this. I, I think I'm still as far away from knowing anything. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm I'm still blown away by the guests that we have on and and being corrected too. It's okay to be to be wrong, you know. It's okay to 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 be corrected and say, you know what, I didn't look at that before. I'm going to look at it now. We uh, on one of the shows we did somehow we drifted to the conversation of what's the name of that little punching bag thing in the back of your throat. Yeah. yeah. And you couldn't remember. And I'm like, Oh, it's an epiglottis. And uh, somebody actually commented on our YouTube channel and said, it's actually a uvula. The epiglottis is a different flap somewhere else. And uh, I commented, you know, thank you for correcting me. I'm really glad we cleared this up. So, (laughs) you know, even on stupid shit, sometimes we don't know, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's nice when you can politely banter with people and yeah. joke around about stuff. Um, you know, we've had some guests where no matter how many times you said it, you got his last name wrong. That's funny, right? Like yeah. we're humans. We're not here. We're not going to edit this and make it perfect and make it staged. And uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, we, we've had people that we've interviewed and didn't release the episode because we don't script these. Yeah. And sometimes these people just don't bring anything. They don't. It's not interesting to listen to. If I can't barely get through the bloody interview and stay, you know, focused and pay attention, uh, we're not releasing the show. And, and that's like the tagline of the of the podcast is, are you paying attention? Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to get Some it. people are brilliant in their field. They're just they don't interview well. Or it was a bad day or if it doesn't bring anything new and anything of value, we're not going to release it. And yeah. uh, especially now we're at a level where 
We don't want to lose subscribers. We're gaining them like crazy. People really like what we've done so far. So we don't want to change that flavor. And yeah. the flavor has been open-minded, really high-end guests, uh, topics that other people are kind of scared to talk about or want to really put a slant on or stay away from. And we're not just nuts and bolts UFO. We'll talk to psychologists, aeronautical experts, military people, civilians, investigators, authors, television hosts, anybody who has credibility, who actually knows a little bit, uh, is worthy of our time. And yeah. uh, there's no guest too big or too small, as long as what they bring to the table is something that we consider to be interesting. And we're the ultimate filter for this show. And we're not going to put together a crappy show because then you don't want to listen to it. So thank yeah, you for those people that that yeah. really like subscribe, really positive comments. You watch all of our stuff. Um, what did you? What are we at on Spotify? Seventy one thousand downloads or something crazy? I think we are at seventy one thousand downloads at this point. So the YouTube channel is a month old. We've had twenty two thousand views. It's been six thousand hours that people have watched our videos, That's and crazy. we only have twenty four videos up there. We're on episode eighty something, so we're slowly going back and releasing the video of some older episodes. Right, but everything we're posting now is live. So the same day, Spotify uh, and Apple Podcast, our new show comes out. We also released the video on YouTube yeah. and uh, we've also launched our new website, which is UAPstudiespodcast.com. It has media, all of our links. If you want to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube channels, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, one place, UAPstudiespodcast.com. All the links are there and uh, you can contact us. That's the first thing you'll see is there's a contact us button. Send us your feedback, your questions, your messages what you want to hear about. Uh, if you're uh, um, somebody who's in this field and you want to appear on our show, send us a message and uh, we'll get back to you for sure. Absolutely. And right before we uh, close here, is there anybody we want to say hello to? Yeah, I noticed that on our Facebook page, we have the same probably two dozen people that always comment and you know like our content. And uh, we've dropped a few names in the past. And I thought, well, hey, today's a good day. Let's drop four or five names all in one shot here. Uh, these are some of our more loyal fans. Um, so we're going to say thanks very much to Josh Johnson. Uh, he's a great guy, always promoting us, loving our stuff. Uh, we've got Bo Patrick Carrington, another big supporter, always shares our, our media and content. Uh, Christopher Riots, uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he's actually a moderator of a group as well, lets us post our podcasts in his group. And that's the thing too about Facebook a lot of these groups get all uppity if they think you're trying to promote yourself. We're promoting the, the episode, the guest, and the topic. We're not promoting us. We're not getting paid off that click. And a lot of these groups now with hundreds of thousands of members, they let us post our show. So a lot of these guys uh, are moderators of that as well. And, uh, you know, we want to really say thank you. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Also, uh, thank you to Debbie Jardin, uh, Joe Glover, and Lisa Zering. And of course, uh, Candace Don Breeze, our top fan, uh, our proudly Canadian fan. And um, yeah, we you put something on Twitter the other day and said, where are you all from? We had England, Australia, Africa, America, Canada. One guy, it's like 20 minutes away from us in Kitsilano. So yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're a big group of people. We love you guys. Super well-spoken too. When you guys comment and write us things, like you're just nice people. We would have a beer with any of you anytime, honestly. So keep it coming. We really appreciate hearing back from you guys. And uh, just before we close, uh, we, we do have intentions of 
going out and uh, you know attending some conventions and and some UAP um, or UFO uh, events that are taking place. We're looking at uh, Vegas for next year, so we are going to be a little bit more active in uh, meeting people as well uh, live. Kind of get out of the studio a little bit and uh, get to see some people, which is going to be quite nice. Yeah. Louis, I appreciate your time, brother. Uh, it's always great talking with you about UAPs or anything on the subject. Uh, literally, I, uh, you're well, you're uh, a well of knowledge as well as uh, the guests. I think I'm always amazed by the amount of information that you know. And uh, you're very well spoken, better than me. So it's great to have you on the show because uh, we need somebody who's coherent and uh, speaks English a little bit better than this French Canadian. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Sometimes we'll do a little warm up for the show. And next thing you know, 45 minutes have gone by. And that could have been a show in yeah. itself. We could have recorded the damn thing. So yeah. uh, I do enjoy the chemistry. You're quickly becoming my best buddy. <laughs> and uh, our uh, our people are liking the show, you know, yeah. guest or otherwise. We uh, we're the filter of that, but it's about the content and it's just about the conversation. So like us, follow us, subscribe and uh, send us your feedback. We appreciate it. <laughs>